Katya. And I'm Rin. And we're here at the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism in Boston, Massachusetts. And we're on the internet everywhere, thanks to the power of the podcast. Ooh. So, um, I'm really excited. It is the day after International Women's Day, and um, so I want to talk about pleurisy root. And you might be thinking, pleurisy root? Katya, what on earth does that have to do with International Women's Day? Well, let us do the thing we have to do, and then I'll tell you all about it. Nice. So the thing we have to do is say that we are not doctors. We are herbalists and holistic health educators. The ideas we discuss in our podcast do not constitute medical advice. No state or federal authority licenses herbalists in this country. These discussions are for educational purposes only. Everyone's body is different, so the things that we're talking about, they might apply to you, they might not, but what they will do, for sure, is give you some information to think about and to research further. And of course, we want to remind you, like we always do, that your good health is your own personal responsibility, which might sound stressful, but actually, it's super empowering. So the final decision in considering any course of therapy, whether it is something discussed on the internet or something prescribed by your physician, is always yours. So... Um, with that, yeah, with that, let's talk about pleurisy root. Let's talk about it. So International Women's Day, um, actually started out as a socialist holiday and, um, it grew into international. It grew that way. When I was a student in university in Russia, um, I remember celebrating Women's Day. It wasn't International Women's Day then, it was just plain old Women's Day. Was it the same as the one you called Lady Day? It's Lady Day. Lady yeah, Day. Lady okay. Day. Um, and uh, and now it's like all the thing. It's like all the rage. It's International Women's Day. So it's kind of odd that <laughs> I don't I don't know if we actually consider Russia leader uh, consider Russia a world leader on this issue. Hmm. Well, <laughs> it was directly tied into socialist um, Soviet. Like, you know, whatever. Right, right, okay. Um, but I like to think about, on International Women's Day, I like to think about the work that women do, and specifically I like to think about the underrecognized work that women do. Um, it seems like a really appropriate time to to spend a little time thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is something that we we have talked about in class a couple of times, and mm-hmm. There was this uh, really interesting article that came out in uh, in May last year. Um, so this was in the New York Times. We'll get you the link to this. Um, but the meat of the article was really referencing a study uh, that was published in JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, um, in their neurology um, journal. And this was the study's called Dementia Care, Women's Health, and Gender Equity. And the real kind of like key um, bit from this paper here, this study, goes like this. This is a quote. Women provide nearly two-thirds of all elder care, and wives are more likely to care for husbands than vice versa, and daughters, 28%, more likely to care for a parent than sons. The best long-term care insurance in our country is a conscientious daughter. Making up 47% of the workforce in 2015, Burgeoning caregiving demands will disproportionately fall on working-age women, as will the associated decreases in self-esteem, and then they go on to explain the health consequences of that. So The health consequences of caring for an aging parent. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention financial and career-oriented, and yeah. I mean, on and on. So 
this was kind of a, a wake-up call about the fact that, first of all, we recognize that there's a, uh, a large and growing um, problem with dementia affecting adults in our, in our country. Um, some indications are that this is uh, striking people at younger and younger ages. Even if that wasn't the case, the baby boomer generation is uh, very large and is aging rapidly. And so um, there are a great many people each year who are entering into various stages of dementia that make it requisite that they have somebody to care for them. Mm -hmm. And what this was pointing out was that that tends to fall on women. Yeah, that quote is just amazing. The best long-term care insurance in our country is a conscientious daughter. And... um, that that was written by the fellows at the fellows who worked on this at Stanford University's Clinical Excellence Research Center. So and of, and this of course, is, go ahead. It won't just be dementia, of course. Oh no, right? no, this it's is... all of it's all of aging, you know. And uh, it's really, if you think about it, our society imperfectly, but we used to have a society that could account for this kind of work because. Um, you know, women didn't work outside the home and you could still raise a family on one income. So, you know, I mean, I'm pretty glad that I have gotten to do the kinds of work that I've gotten to do outside the home. And and so I'm not saying that like women should just all stay home and take care of kids and aging parents. (laughs) You're the last person who would (laughs) suggest this. No, but, um, but we do need some sort of a model and, and we had one that sort of worked or didn't work or, you know, whatever. And, and now everybody works and there, we don't have a model for how to, how to handle this. So, um, it's not going to be super pretty. And, um, that's what I want to talk about because I've I've watched all of my three mothers do this, um, and by that I mean my own mother, um, and then the mother of uh, my ex husband, uh, who is the the father of my daughter, um, as she was going through it, and then my mother in law yeah. Rin's mom um, go through it as well, and. Um, they all three had very similar experiences. And then I've had clients with also similar experiences. And that's really where pleurisy root comes in. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'm thrilled to see this study. And also there's a really great article in The Atlantic um, about it uh, that we will also link. And then there's a website called daughterhood.org. Daughter, like, um, you know, the girl child, um, not daughter, like, you know, a daughtering old. <laughs> yeah, it's no. not that. <laughs> no, like oh, daughterhood.org, which is a website that supports, like a, a community support website for women who are caring for their aging parents. And I'm really excited because when I started doing this work with my mothers and with you know, clients who were taking care of their aging parents, this stuff wasn't really being talked about yet. It wasn't on the radar. And um, that's that's really important. Um, but, but that is exactly where pleurisy root comes in. So pleurisy root is a plant that I learned um, at a long time. I, I think I learned it, like, right in my very first early training, mm. 
but I never had an occasion to work with it because I'd never known anyone who had pleurisy and I'd never seen any pleurisy. And I was kind of like, well, this is kind of a weird plant, like um, oddly specific. And hmm. so, so pleurisy root, um, pleurisy, if you are not familiar with this condition, is when uh, the, the pleura is the sac that holds your lungs. So when we think about the organs of the body, we just sort of think about um, the, you know, like they're just in there, but they're not actually, they're all in their own little sacs and the sacs are attached to the skeletal system and um, also to a bunch of muscles with these bungee cords called raphines. Um, and so the sac that holds your lungs is called the pleura. And it's like a hefty bag. It's got two plies. Um, and those two plies are lubricated in between, um, you know, at a, at a microscopic level. We're talking about stuff that's really small here. But it's, it's two plies with lubrication in between, which is really important. Because if you just put your hands together and then, um, let's see, how can I get you to make this thing? If you put your hands together and imagine breathing... And just when you breathe, your hands, they don't, if you sort of rest them against your sides, for me, one hand goes up, but the other one doesn't. Um, Maybe that's because I breathe a little harder on my right side than I'm on my left. I'm not really sure. But the point here is that as you breathe, the two plies of the pleura of that sac expand but they don't expand at exactly the same rate because one is on the inside and one is on the outside so one is slightly larger so there's lubrication in between them so that they're able to slide against each other easily without pain or without causing friction pleurisy is when you um, get to a place where that lubrication has dried up so every time you take a breath the two plies of that sac are are rubbing against each other with no lubrication and causing friction, and it is tremendously painful. And the way that it usually happens is that somebody gets a bronchial infection, maybe it turns into pneumonia, maybe it's just walking pneumonia, maybe it's just a really crappy round of bronchitis, But there's not the time to take to stay home from work and just stay in bed and recover for however long it takes to do that because you got to go to work or you got to take care of the kids or in this case you have to take care of the aging parents and that is a absolutely full-time job. And um, so so it, it turns into like, you know, walking bronchitis or walking pneumonia and you're still sick but you're just doing what you're what you got to do and eventually that state progresses so far that it gets to pleurisy where you've just dried out all that lubrication and so now every time you breathe it's so painful that you begin to take these very very shallow breaths and it's always described to me as having somebody just sitting on your chest and except that it burns and it's super un- uncomfortable. And so I watched all three of my mothers go through this and, um, and all of them talked about the burden of caring for their aging parent 
um, because that was the big thing that was going on in their lives right now. And they weren't talking about it as if that caused their pleurisy. They just were talking about their lives. But when I would hear them talking about caring for their mothers, and, and all three of them, their mothers had dementia in varying degrees, um, it was it was always like, you know, obviously they loved their mothers and they wanted to do this work and they, um, they weren't uh, angry about doing, they weren't like, um, they weren't complaining exactly, but, but it was taking a toll and it was a burden. And so they were talking about that burden and how it felt. And it was, it was when the first time I went through this was, um, with, uh, my ex-mother-in-law and it, and it, she said, you know, it just feels like there is a giant heavy weight sitting on my chest. And every time I try to breathe, it burns and it hurts. And I thought, yeah, this is pleurisy. And I know I can just, you know, I can give her pleurisy root. And it's funny, I didn't even really know the plant very well yet. But I was like, hey, finally, pleurisy. I get to use <laughs> pleurisy root. And... Sort, like, of, sort of herbalist thing of like, oh, good, finally I get to give that a try. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I knew that I could give her that and, and that it would probably work, but I was really also like wrapped up in this concept of this feeling of the work being a burden. And in her case, the pleurisy improved quite a bit as long as she drank the tea every single day. But if she missed any, then it would come right back. And it really never went away until she, until her mother died, until, until that work was completed and the burden of that work was lifted from her. And that really was a a thing that made a lot of impact on my thinking about, about care and, and our mothers and them caring for their mothers. And, and so then when my mother went through it, um, I I already had this on my mind and it was already something that I've been thinking about and it was amazing because my mother went through it in the exact same way with that same that same chronic bronchial infection and then the it getting deeper and deeper and then becoming pleurisy and I just sort of watched it happen and I sort of stood there like a deer in the headlights watching it happen and then it got to that point I was like wait wait I know the answer <laughs> and and you know I and I, then I gave her the pleurisy root and I thought geez why, why didn't I do this sooner and but also you know my mom was a nurse it's not like she didn't know what she needed to do to take care of herself it's that there wasn't room for that there wasn't space in her life for it because there was too much else that she had to do that she was responsible for that was that was you know her burden to carry and and so you know and we went through the same cycle and that that pleurisy you know it improved but it never really went away all the way until that burden was lifted and and then you know with your mother and and again with the the chronic bronchial infection and you know, it's not like this came on overnight. You know, it was no, it no. was over many years, and and it was increasingly. There were there were good years and bad years. There were times when you know there was a lot more that uh, mom needed to do for grandma, and other times when there was less that she could do. And you know, it, it just it went up and down. But it was a an ongoing thing. And um, I remember when you were starting to talk to her about the about the Asclepius root. And, 
And, you know, the funny thing is, none of these women knew each other in these times. Well, I mean, your mom knew my mom, but they didn't talk, and my mom knew yeah, his they, mom, they but really they didn't talk to each other about their experiences with their mothers or about their experiences with their illnesses, and mostly if they talk to each other, it's about us, you know, <laughs> like, whatever. And um, The Bechdel test of parent-to-parent conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... So to hear them all describe it in the same way about the the heavy burden on the chest, and then and then to hear that from my clients also, um, and it was it was it's just like a very deep feeling of um, kind of awe almost to watch these women go through this and the weight of it that they're that they're carrying and so anyway so polarity root um and it is very very effective for this situation and it's it it's just simply a decoction um and frankly those first three times every time i just gave it as a simple just plain old make a decoction of polarity root drink it all day every day it doesn't taste bad it's sort of in the parsnip range of flavor it's it's very um it's not particularly bitter so that's fine. But, um, you know, I've got, I've got more sort of ideas of finesse around that now. And this is one of those times that I would definitely um, formulate with Solomon Seal. Mm-hmm. I usually like to work with Solomon Seal in tincture only because, you know, it's not a super abundant plant and tincture, you know, makes it last longer. You can make more medicine from a smaller amount of plant. But um, in this particular case... Uh, I think the water extract is really important and they blend very nicely together. Mm. Um, and then I like some Codonopsis in there as well. Um, another sort of plant in the part, they all kind of have that parsnipy <laughs> kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Codonopsis is a deep nourishing plant. And so, you know, when you are carrying that intensely and that intimately for someone else, um, there's not time for self-care. It's not like, well, why didn't you do your self-care? It's like, honey, there, was, there, there wasn't even time for the regular care, much less, you know? And so, so Codonopsis is just a glorious, glorious friend for those kinds of situations because it's kind of like, you know, you're burning the candle at both ends, but Codonopsis is kind of like trying to fill some of it back in. <laughs> and... Um, and it's doing it in a deep, nourishing, building kind of way and not in a drink another cup of coffee kind of way. So, and I'm not knocking coffee if that's what you got to do. Um, you know, sometimes that is what you got to do. But but it's good to be putting that back um, afterwards. And Codonopsis really does that. So these days I would put those three together. And then flavor-wise, if that flavor did not appeal, then I'd toss a little cinnamon in there. Um, again, because of that moistening aspect of cinnamon, it's got a nice flavor that most people enjoy. Um, it's a little warming, but it's moistening and that's, that's what we're really going for here. So these are all four, these are herbs that are moistening to the lungs, um, and really, really lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You've had good feedback from the clients as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um... So, 
so also, I guess with that, the other advice is just, you know, do what you got to do. And if that's cake, then eat the cake. And at this point, I think every single podcast has cake in it. You guys must think that I live on cake. Um, no, I just think about cake a lot. And, um, but like, I think that happens. I think many people have this experience of the world. Yeah. And, and so my thinking is like, don't guilt yourself for whatever it is that you've got to do to get through what you're getting through. Um, but you know, we'll fill it back in on the other end. So we'll work with these herbs to help, um, and maybe, you know, this is a good time for some supplements. I'm not usually a huge fan of supplements, but this might be a great time for a really good quality supplement that can, you know, kind of help you uh, fill in the gaps. If you have time to drink one of the, like a deep green long infusion, um, like with nettle and violet and a lot of linden in there to keep it moist, um, that's great. But if not, just drink the pleurisy uh, pleurisy, salmon silk, codonopsis, and maybe cinnamon um, all day, every day, because that's still going to get the good stuff in there. Mm. Yeah. But that's what's been on my mind, because it's Lady Day. Well, it was yesterday. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Great. Well, thank you for sharing, Lady Bird. Yeah. That was a good one. Uh, for the rest of you, we will talk to you again next week. Um, we're with our we're with our new apprentices this weekend. We are. We just started with them today. It's so exciting. Yeah. The first weekend is always like a big party. Well, okay, every weekend is like a big party, but the first weekend is so exciting because it's like oh, I've corresponded with you all, and now I'm so excited to see you in person. And yeah, it's really fun. So we're we're having a great time with them. Yeah. Nice. Yay. Okay. So. Take care, and we'll see you later. See you next week.